Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. My name is Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here with my colleague Priscilla Weigel, also with the Center for Inclusive Child Care. Hi, Priscilla. Hello, Cindy. And we're thrilled today to have a guest podcaster with us, and Priscilla's going to introduce her. I will, and with great pleasure, I'd like to introduce you to Jane Cox Lindsay, and she works with Help Me Grow in Minnesota here, and she is the Intake and Resource Specialist in Early Child referral. She takes the referrals and the intakes that you call in with or you send in via email or their um, website. And so today she's going to talk about just that process and what it looks like and just give you information. We're going to have part one where it's going to be a little bit of a background. And then part two is a little more detail of how it works and how it how to do it. Um, it's just a great tool that's available and we're glad you're here, Jane. Great. Well, it's a privilege to be here, and I always love talking about um, how to get the word out and how to make the community aware of the different services that are available in the state of Minnesota. Um, so Help Me Grow actually is is the name of the process in Minnesota of, of um, referring kids that there's concerns about. Um, and when we talk about kids right now, we're talking about kids ages birth to five. Um, and so Help Me Grow is the newer brand. It's been rebranded in the last about eight years. Um, and so we wanted to, to have a new brand so that providers and families and teachers and all kinds of people that have, you know, interactions with young children kind of know what Help Me Grow is as, have, as opposed to having it different in different regions of the state. Um, so Help Me Grow is that intake and referral process. Um, the process, it came about early intervention has been around for 30 years. It's not anything new to the state of Minnesota. Um, and it came, it came about um, with some different laws that have occurred, the IDEA Act and some different things, and that made it that um, early education to kids with special needs is mandated. Um, and so through the state of Minnesota, the lead agency is the Department of Education. So the early intervention services are primarily provided through the school districts. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so and help me grow. Like I said, there are we are working with children ages of birth to five. Um, it's separated in two different programs. There's the um, the early early intervention program, which serves kiddos ages birth to up to two um, and that comes with its own set of criteria and its own model of service delivery and then it and then there are the other piece of that is for kids ages three to entrance to kindergarten which comes with another set of criteria and kind of another set of um, kind of how those services typically kind of look um, services um, are available to kiddos that meet these criteria that are set, um, and that's determined by the school district okay. when they come in. Um, after a referral is made, well, let me back up. So, folks that can make referrals mm-hmm. yeah. would include, you know, doctors, parents, child care providers, 
other family members, neighbors, um, preschool teachers. Um, child protection makes referrals. They're mandated by law to make referrals. So there are a variety of different providers and, and folks that are referring in to us. Um, and the reason they might refer um, can be very obvious types of things that they're noticing. For example, a doctor has a child that he, see, he or she sees in clinic that has a medical diagnosis that they know that is one of the, that fits the criteria for getting services. Okay. Um, so an example of that might be like Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or some of the other types of medical diagnosis that are automatic qualifiers under okay. age three, okay? And when you talk about that, just to interrupt a moment, please, Jane, you're talking about about um, qualifiers in categories under disability law. Could you just explain that a little bit to people who are listening? Yeah, so this, this state of Minnesota actually changed its entrance criteria several years ago to broaden the scope of who is who qualifies. And they did that because they felt like they were kind of missing kiddos. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that they changed was that they decided that kids that had some of these particular specific conditions, um, and we call them conditions known to hinder, and what that means is in 50% of the cases of these children that have this particular medical diagnosis, 50% of them will have some sort of special education. Okay. And so that's kind of how they come up with that particular diagnosis. Of course, new things come in all the time, and so there's always questions about what might be an automatic qualifier. But the, so there is sort of this existing list that's kind of forever in process. Um, and then the other thing that it was new as has been a huge um, change was um, birth weight. Mm. And they had determined that any baby that was born 1,500 grams or less would automatically qualify. And so the... What's significant about that, if they have these conditions, that regardless of how they're looking when they come into the process, even if that that premature baby is developing beautifully and meeting its milestones, because of that low birth weight, they would automatically qualify, mm -hmm. which is super great for families to right. kind of have that extra, you know, expertise kind of helping keep uh, keep their eyes and making sure that they're meeting those milestones and mm -hmm. things of that nature. That's really, that's very true. And so, so you know, you kind of touched on the diagnosed need. So what about the other children out there that might cause those professionals that you listed to say, hmm, where do I go next? What yep. do I do? Absolutely. What are some things that you so, get calls for? Yeah, so some other things that for kids under three that we get calls for is anytime um, someone is concerned about a child's development. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be a speech concern, you know, maybe they're two years old and they're not just, you know, they're not putting words together, or they're not babbling yet, or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, that would be a pretty significant concern that we would encourage someone to call in about. Um, it could be regarding motor development, um, meeting some of those motor milestones, you know, not, not rolling or crawling or pulling up or walking when they, when they should be. Um, we also look at some of those social and emotional 
pieces, which is huge. And that is also kind of newer in the early intervention in terms of how we're making that be a more important part of the overall development and not separating those things out. Um, If a child comes to us with a diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis, that would also be an automatic qualifier. Um, And so some of those things are new. And when I say new, I'm thinking like probably the last 10 years, but it's still, you know, something that's difficult for people because we haven't practiced that way for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of the other things, you know, play and learning, Mm -hmm. we look at the cognitive skills. So, you know, how are they exploring their environment and um, that kind of thing. And we look at some of the adaptive things. So their abilities to kind of function in their environment and, um, you know, dressing and that kind of stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, if those things aren't happening, kind of why is that not happening and, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at that. What what about, you know, the child's ability to follow a routine and follow directions and those types of things as well, that would maybe be in that category as well? Yeah, I think that would fall into that category. so those are those are kind of some of the main reasons that kids come into come into our office for referral or come into the state line for referral. Um, now, once I just had a question, kind of back to that. I think that um, so often, and and we're going to address this too in part two of this you know conversation. But I think that so often. Folks that are providing care for, and that's our listening audience, is primarily folks that who care. They're caring for kids on a daily basis, and they have this feeling that I, how can I be the one to to make this move toward a referral? How can I say that there's a concern? Is that really valid? Because I'm not an expert, or but we know they're the eyes and ears of the everyday interactions of kids and families, and so. I know you 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 depend on that Absolutely. crew out there. Yeah, and you know um, there is a mandate actually that says that parts that with Part C that indicates that child care providers need to make those referrals if they're a referral source. Um, And it is a responsibility of, you know, child care providers, ECFE teachers, and some of those. There is an expectation that you have some expertise in child development and that you would recognize signs Mm -hmm. that would um, indicate some concern. Um, But it's very difficult to talk, have those conversations with families. And, um, you know, we have a lot of families that... um, have to hear different messages from different people over a course of time. And so I think we try to tell families that or providers that are working with families that you might be one of five different, mm-hmm. you know, interactions about the same message or said right. differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would be best for you just to refer them to, um, you know, some sort of website or something just less threatening, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but to have those conversations um, as as hard as they might be, because I I really do feel it is their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sure there's also, there's concern with providers, you know, with families leaving their, you know, their facility or their whatever. And those are all real, real concerns and real issues. And relationships are strong with families and providers. And to have to, to have to bring that up to a family is not an easy thing to do. And it's off, it's often 
one of the things that providers want to talk about the most right. is the how to, right. you know, the how to present that to yeah, families. Right. And there is no easy answer, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up this particular podcast, why don't you tell people how they contact Help Me Grow? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in the state of Minnesota, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. Um, you can go online and the website to go to is Help me grow mn all one word dot org and when you go to that website there will be a tab that you can click on that kind of says who you are in relationship to the child and there will be a form to fill out and depending on if you have consent more more fields will, will open for you to give us some more information that information then will be forwarded immediately to the local school district that that family is residing in because they're ultimately responsible for that kiddo's services. Um, and then that district will um, start that process. So that's one way. You can do it online. You can also call, and that phone number is 1-866-693-GROW, which is 4769. And then there will be an actual person that will, um, will basically take your information and then put it in this form and get that to your school district. And the school district will follow up right away. And there are some time, um, there are some time frames in terms of how quickly the process needs to go. It's a little bit quicker for kids under age three. Um, and then there's a little more leniency in terms of how long the process can take when they're over three. Um, and then another way you can, you can reach the uh, Help Me Grow process is to contact your local school district mm -hmm. if you know who that is and just ask to speak to their birth to three program or their, to their preschool three to five program and they can help you there mm -hmm. and you can talk to your doctor um, we're encouraging doctors to make more active referrals and less passive referrals um, you know we still get a lot of um, information or referrals from families that they heard about it from their doctor but we're really encouraging doctors to make that active referral because we don't know how many of those families aren't following through. Right, you know, we, right. there's no way for us to to get that amount. But certainly, if the doctor would have, would make those, um, and so we kind of go back and forth with that because my feeling is I really like the doctors to be active with their referrals. On the other hand, families need to start taking some initiative, um, you know, and making that first step. And we always encourage them to advocate for their children and all that. Sure. So you know, it's kind of kind of both. But we want them to get in you know, mm -hmm. make that initial referral. Thank for you sure. so much. Um, this has been great. And again, for those who are listening, we're going to continue this conversation in more depth in part two. Mm -hmm. I would like to remind people who are listening that they can go to our website, inclusivechildcare.org, and we have several uh, tip sheets that talk both about early intervention, disability law, referral, and the, and the Part C mandate that you talked about. We have a very helpful tip sheet on that um, part of the regulations under IDEA. So those are just free downloadable um, helps that we have created for the child care community and families. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you for being here. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thanks thank for having you, me. Thank you, Priscilla. And I just want to also let, let the listeners know that the number and contact information that Jane just shared will also be in the description for the podcast so that that will be in writing somewhere, too. Wonderful. And you, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we well, close Well, I just up? wanted to say, since the, that I think you guys also have on your list of goodies um, tips on how to talk to parents. Right. Yes. We do. Yeah. Yep. So that right. might be something else that would be very yeah. helpful. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
That's all for now. See you next time.